Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado Radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. All right, folks, this is hour number two. I am not Terry Wickstrom, however. I am Ronnie Castelloni filling in for Terry, and we are going to go right back to the phones and joining us in his usual time segment, although he's been up in the mountains hunting a lot lately, so, you know, he's kind of been coming and going. Where in the world is Nathan Zielinski? Nathan, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. I am calling in from the cloudy uh, area of St. Paul, Minnesota this morning. And uh, yeah, I'll apologize to all the listeners. There's no doubt I've been uh, fairly flighty this year. I've been uh, all over the board. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Nathan, now you are up there. You're in the great white north practically. You know, you're kind of up there. What do you got going on up there? What are you doing? You know, it's uh, it's a big dance. It's daddy of them all. It's the St. Paul Ice Show. If you are an ice angler, there is no doubt that uh, this show is, is probably the biggest deal in the ice fishing industry. I mean, people come from all over the world to this show. You have exhibitors from all over the world. Um, I mean, again, if it's, uh, if it's a product in the ice fishing world, more than likely it has its start here at the St. Paul Ice Show. So I'm here with, uh, with Clam Outdoors, and I tell you, it's, it's exciting. It's a great place to be. And when you talk about inventions in the ice fishing industry, you talk about product, anything in the ice world, it starts right here at the St. Paul Ice Show. Uh, so yeah, we're here checking out products, seeing all the latest and greatest, all the new products. And again, if you know, you have iCast, obviously, for the open water world. And again, the St. Paul Ice Show, which is a public show, uh, is basically that of the ice world. So uh, it's exciting to be here. Now, what are you seeing? Or is there anything that's just really jumping off the charts for you up there? You know, there? I would say so. It's kind of like uh, kind of like the iCast thing. You see a lot of different trends taking place. And when the trends hit the industry, they kind of take off. Um, I would say as far as the general ice fishing world, the tungsten thing is really taking off. Obviously, the, the panfish anglers, you know, crappie perch, bluegill, things like that, those guys have been gravitating to tungsten forever because they can have the, the size jig they want they don't have to sacrifice weight. And, you know, years ago, they were sacrificing the weight to have that smaller profile bait. Um, and I'd say that same pr- idea and concept is transferring across the board. So you're seeing a lot of guys here that are, that are manufacturing spoons out of tungsten. So now you're getting these, these crazy, really thin baits that they're making out of tungsten. You're also getting a, a lot of variations of, of smaller jigs they're making out of tungsten. So where you can have these really micro jigs um, that have never been able to, to have the weight that you need to have that really good control, uh, you're now seeing available in tungsten. So I would say the tungsten market is really big at the show this year. Um, I think really you're also seeing a lot of the custom painting come into the show this year, which is which is kind of different. You know, um, I'd say the, the paint and the overall you know exterior finish of baits has always been great, and I think you're really seeing a lot of these amazing finishes getting transferred into the ice world. Um, you're even seeing a lot of custom painting to, to a wide variety of baits. There's a lot of large manufacturers here, or bigger shops, I should say, that are taking even name brand stuff. They're taking Rapala products. They're taking you know, products from all the manufacturers, and you're doing custom paint jobs uh, on that. So I'd say the custom paint thing is really big this year. So you're taking baits that you know, uh, let's say a manufacturer does not make him glow or does not offer UV or does not offer a glitter finish. And you're seeing these finishes even processed on all types of manufacturers. So the custom paint thing's really big here. Um, and then I think that kind of the final trend, we're seeing a lot of stuff really 
taking to anglers to make their comfort level on the ice far better. So uh, like clam this year, you have your, your hub-style pop-up shelters. Uh, obviously, uh, market, you know, inexpensive, lightweight, uh, you know, so every manufacturer has these hub styles, and you're seeing the floors getting put into them. So Clam offers uh, a fire-retardant thermal floor that you can put it in your pop-up shelter. So now, you know, you're, you're 100% eliminating the cold from the ice coming up through the floor. You're eliminating that slip factor if you do have heaters. Uh, so you're really making things more comfortable, you know, dry for your gear, uh, you know, camera gear, whatever you, you have on the on the ice. So the, the floor thing is a, is a big deal this year, especially for the, the option of family. You're bringing out young kids on the ice. It's safer. It's warmer. Um, so you're seeing that trend in a lot of different manufacturers up here. And I'd say the last thing um, is the really custom ice line. Obviously, for, for the past decades, we've had ice lines, um, but I can't say that the technology was ever in those ice lines. You know, the biggest deal was we get a lot of coil in your line in the winter because the cold. So everybody was putting in things, you know, chemicals to, to really eliminate the coil, but I wouldn't say it was a better line. That's where now we have so many ice anglers, and the sport is growing so fast. Uh, that I'd say that there's enough anglers doing it to where really the industry is starting to cater to those anglers, and really the the high end ice lines is phenomenal. You, know, I, I was just playing around with some one pound fluorocarbon earlier by Clam, uh, and it's unbelievable the strength of that line. So you're really seeing a lot of the manufacturers really putting a lot more emphasis on really high quality uh, ice lines, you know, built for the extreme cold. So so a lot of cool stuff here happening at the show. It sounds like a f- lot of fun, and you know, and one of the cool things about ice fishing is that. The products in general, you know, aren't super expensive. So you can get into ice fishing for not a lot of money. You know, let's say you're brand new to the state. You've never done any ice fishing. You get into Colorado. You start seeing all these posts online and all that kind of stuff. And now you're thinking, I'd like to try that. Uh, You don't have to invest a ton of money to get out there and and get on the ice. You know, what are some of the basics you think folks need? You know, what's like the minimum stuff that you got to have to get out on the ice, Nathan? I mean, that's it, you know, and it's really cool for that, you know, and I think that's why the sport is growing so fast is because it's not a super gear-heavy thing, you know. Um, you know, we'll put it this way. We'll break it down on both sides of the, the column. So, I mean, to get out there, we really encourage and we promote the people that, that the average ice angler uses a spud bar. If you're not used to the terms of a spud bar, an ice chisel, uh, basically it's a, it's a large device, has a chisel on one end, and as we walk on the ice, we use the spud bar to stab the ice in front of where we step, um, and it's a safety device. If you get good with the spud bar, your your concept of ever falling through or breaking the ice is almost eliminated because you're checking the ice as you walk with your spud bar. It's uh, it's the safest way to venture on the ice. If you use a spud bar properly, we have a bunch of videos that you guys can check it out, but uh, if you use a spud bar properly, you're always going to be safe on the ice. So we always people encourage people to carry a spud bar. If you're carrying a spud bar and you're fishing the front range, say Denver area, you know, northern Colorado, if you're on that front range, you know, a lot of times we're in less than 10 inches of ice. You know, on that, that five to ten inches of ice, and you can use a spud bar to break through that. So now you have your safety device and a way to make the hole eliminating the auger. So that's one piece that I always say, you know, for the, the thirty to fifty dollars, really invest in a good spud bar. So you get that good ice shield spud bar, that's one piece of equipment. You're gonna get a rod and reel. You can literally spend as at least amount as five dollars on a rod and reel combo, or you can spend fifty dollars on a combo. And a fifty dollar combo is a really, really good combo for ice fishing. So it's kind of cool that you're not having to invest a ton of money on that rod reel combo. So you got a spud bar, you got a rod reel combo, and really you're set. You're on the ice fishing. I mean, my dad, uh, you know, who got me on the ice and taught me, is 
as old school as anybody has ever been. I mean, he, he doesn't use electronics. He uses a spud bar. And he really will. He knows the lakes very well. And he'll go out with a tape measure. He'll have a Stanley 35-foot tape measure that you're using for construction. And he will literally stick his tape measure down the hole, hit the bottom, you know, less than 35-foot, mark it, walk 20 foot, drop it down, and find structure using a tape measure. Um, you old know, and, school. And you're on the ice. So you know, 100 bucks, and you have a way to make a hole. You have a rod reel combo. You're checking depth, and you're catching fish. So it, it's great for that aspect. Then, you know, I actually had a conversation just uh, 10 minutes ago with an angler here at the St. Paul Ice Show, and we were talking about the benefits of the affordability of the sport. And, you know, if you have a tournament boat, so let's say you're a tournament walleye angler, even a tournament bass angler, if you have everything that you need to compete on the highest level, most guys are, are putting in that, you know, seventy to $100,000 into a tournament yep. boat, tackle, grass. It's what it is. For $2,500, you can literally own every single piece of the best equipment in the ice fishing world. The average, you know, goes down. You have electronics, whether you go with a, a flash, you know, like a Fexlon or a Markham or even Lowrance as an LCD. You know, you can put $500 into electronics and have the best out there. You have $500 into a great suit. So for $500, you can have a, a rise suit. You can have a suit that floats you if you've ever gotten into a bad situation on the ice and will keep you warmer than anything. The great, awesome flip-over shelter is 500 bucks, And a power auger, you know, a four-stroke auger that runs on propane or gas, or even an electric auger by, like, Jiffy is 500 bucks. So literally $2,500, and you can have everything you ever dreamed of to compete on the highest level, the best of the best. Um, so it's nice. So again, you can take it from a hundred bucks to, to twenty five hundred, but that's that's really your your range of everything you could ever need. Uh, and it's nice to do that. And the other big thing about ice is everybody's equal. Everybody can walk to the same spot. Everybody's fishing the same area. So whether you have all the gear or have no gear, everybody's on the same level playing field, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah, and you know, talking about some being minimalistic, uh, one of the things I tell people that are asking me about getting into ice fishing for the first time is that you know you can actually just show up to the lake. Let's say a little later in the afternoon, as as far as not being there right at the morning, you know, rush when everybody gets to the lake, and a lot of the people will have left by the time you get out on the ice. They'll be done for the day. All their holes will be all over the lake. They're easy to spot, yep. and you can just literally walk from hole to hole to hole and drop in those holes, jig for a few minutes, walk to the next one, and you don't need anything really with you in that scenario. You know, you need a little bit of tackle maybe and your rod, and and other I'll than tell that. You what. It's a hundred percent the truth, man. You know, and you do that, you learn a lot about the angler. If you show up and you see a couple of footprints and there's no disturbance, might be a good hole, might not. You go to that next hole and there's footprints everywhere. Carnage. Maybe there's some, yeah. you know, some blood, a little carnage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some some bait torn up, and you're like, man, this guy caught fish in this hole, and it'll, it'll give you a good idea where to do it. And I'll tell you. The other big thing about that is I don't know any ice anglers that it, it's a community. It's probably actually probably the best gathered community of anglers in the state. You know, the walleye guys don't get along with the bass guys. The bass guys don't get along, you know, whatever. Everybody has their, their section. It, it's sad to see, but it's the truth. In the ice world, it seems like everybody gets along. And in that matter, I don't know anybody who I know or who I've ever met who wouldn't drill a hole for somebody. And we do this all the time. I can't tell you how many times I'm out on the ice and people come up and they're like, hey, man, my auger broke down. Or I don't have an auger. You know, my hand auger blade's terrible. I, I can't get through the ice. Everybody's willing to help you out. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, hey, man, take my auger. Bring it back by the end of the day. You know, go tear it up for five hours. Um, and everybody's willing to drill you a hole if you don't have that type thing. So as long as there's other guys on the ice, 
everybody seems to work together to get holes drilled for you, and, and it's great. It's, it's a great, easy sport to get into, that's for sure. And then, you, I mean, like talking about our ice addiction tournaments, you fished them. Um, we had this huge tournament series, and we always preach about it being a great way to start. Because if you come to the tournament, we drill the holes for you at the tournament series, so that part's eliminated. And we carry like 250 rods in our trailer. So if somebody wants to show up, at our ice tournament, you come to our registration box, you say, hey, I've never done this before. Do you have a rod I can borrow? We loan you rods, tackle, even bait for the day. Just so you can get out there and start it. You know, you bring it back at the end of the day. It's just a, a loaner system. Um, but it's a great way to start, you know. So for a $45 entry fee, you get coffee, hot chocolate, cinnamon rolls. You get a rod to use for the day uh, to really tell, hey, this is something that I, I want to pursue. Or maybe it's not for me. But, uh, again, it, it's an easy sport to get into, that's for sure. It really is. The, the only other two things I'd add as far as minimalistic stuff that you really need with you, one is a set of ice picks. So those are kind of a safety f- device for the folks that don't understand uh, you can hang them around your neck, that kind of a thing. It's basically two two ice picks that you put in each hand. And let's say you did have the you know the unfortunate fortunate experience to fall through the ice. Those picks allow you to kind of grip and get it up on the ice and pull yourself up out of the hole. I think those are always very very important to have with you. And the last thing I'll mention is a, is a pair of uh, shoe cleats, something that's going to go on your shoes to give you a little bit of traction. Uh, you know, if there's a lot of snow on top of the ice, you may not need them because it's not real slippery, but if you get out there and it's just flat kind of glassy ice and you're walking around out there in a regular pair of boots, you're going to end up on your rear a few times, and that's not a lot of fun, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen, that's for sure. Nathan, for sure. Uh, we are running out of time, so let's tell folks how to get a hold of you if they're interested in finding out more about the ice addiction tournaments coming up or possibly booking a guide trip. Absolutely. You know, everything's available at tightlineoutdoors.com. Our ice tournaments this year have changed, so our, our tickets – uh, definitely help you get on the ice a little earlier. So if you haven't heard about this, you haven't seen it on Facebook or anything like that, uh, make sure you buy your tickets early because, again, the earlier the ticket, the earlier you're going to get on the ice. So just go to, to tightlineoutdoors.com, click on Ice Addiction, uh, purchase your tickets. It's going to help you with that. also makes a great stocking stuff for a ticket to Ice Addiction. And then uh, we're doing a lot of gift cards, things like that, for Christmas presents. So uh, for guide trips, there's some great bites going right now on the ice as boating flows uh, to a lot of the reservoirs. So a lot of stuff happening. But just go to tightlineoutdoors.com to get all the information. Nathan Zielinski. Hey, Nathan, safe travels. Uh, hope you get back to the state safe and uh, get out on the ice here soon. And some Absolutely, of the Ontario's going already, buddy. I'm seeing pictures yeah, all over the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. We'll take care. Thank you. All right. And we're going to take it to the break. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. There we go, Kyle. That's, that's the stuff right there, bud. That makes me want to get out and do some fishing. Although I don't know if I can get a pontoon on the ice. Man, it'd probably make a pretty good ice fishing uh, kind of surface to stand on the pontoon. But nonetheless, folks, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104 through the fan. We're going to go right back to the phones and joining us from northern Colorado. This guy is a bass angler. He's a tournament angler. He's fished BASS Opens. He uh, He's a kayak tournament angler. He's really involved in the bass fishing world a lot. He's also a custom rod producer. Mr. Jim Strawbridge with Galaxy Custom Rods. Jim, how you doing this morning? 
I'm doing great, Ron. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you. And we're going to talk about getting into building custom rods, Jim. You know, you, uh, you know, we see you every year. You're at a lot of the events that we go to. You've been at the Fishful Thinker events that we hold in northern Colorado. You've got your booth set up, and you're showing people how to, how to wrap guides and how to do repairs and all this kind of stuff and, and really talking to people about how and why and building custom rods. You know, when did you get into it? Why did you get into it? And what's been your experience? Well, I, I got into rod building because at some point we all start basic fishing and the evolution of an angler. We've all talked about that. And I wanted to take my game to the next level. So I thought, you know, I'm going to have to go to the store and buy these real expensive rods to join these tournaments because, after all, I'm going to be paying to fish some of these events. So I want to have the best equipment available. So I'm like, maybe I can build my own rods. And that kind of started out the whole deal. And I got a cool little story that goes along with that is uh, I was in a buddy's garage. We were tinkering around with his boat. And over in the corner of his garage, there's a pile of rods. And I said, hey, what's going on with those rods over there? And he's like, ah, the tips are busted on them. And, you know, guys are snapped off. And I stepped on them. And I'm like, hey, would you like me to fix those for you? And he goes, you built custom rods? I'm like, no, but you're going to be my guinea pig, and I'm going to find out. So <laughs> awesome. it started out kind of like that in 2008. And then I started building them. Did some research online, figured out how to put it all together, bought some equipment, and by 2010, I felt like, you know, I, I can build a pretty decent rod here, and I, it's something I could offer to the public with good quality components, stand behind a good warranty, and, and give people a good quality product. Now, Jim, we tell people all the time up at Fishful Finger that, that fishing poles are like golf uh, you know, golf clubs. Uh, yeah. You got to have different rods for different presentations. Granted, there's some all-purpose rods that will cover a variety of presentations. Last year at the International Sportsman's Expo, I actually did my topic about you know one rod, one reel, ten lures sort of a deal, and yeah. talked about the most universal rods. But as you get to be a more experienced angler, you, you start to realize that you really do need different rods that are kind of technique specific. Now, a lot of the companies, the big companies out there that are producing rods, they've really gotten into producing these technique-specific rods. So you find these drop shot rods, you find these crankbait rods, you find these jigging rods, and all this kind of stuff lifted when you're looking at these rods. But the reality is, is when you, you kind of delve into each sort of technique-specific rod, they don't really tend to offer a lot of variances in those rods. Once you get into the technique, they're all kind of standard sizes and standard weights and that kind of a thing. So, you know, for a guy like yourself or a guy like me or Terry, you know, we're not the tallest guys in the world. We're not, uh, I'm not Scott Hastings sitting here at 6'10", you know, and so, or I'm not, I'm not Kevin Van Dam, who's, you know, 6'4 out there and, you know, using a real long rod to get all his business done. Sometimes we need to customize rods to our size. Um, you know, is that something you run into a lot with? Oh, absolutely. Like you had mentioned, you know, I'm, a, I'm a short guy, and when I'm either bank fishing or I'm out on my boat or in my kayak, you know, I, I customize uh, uh, my flipping sticks. You know, everybody says, oh, go with a 7-foot, seven 7-foot, seven 6-flipping stick, and that's great if you're a taller person, but for me, I like a shorter flipping stick, and they're very hard to come by when you're looking for what we call the meat stick or the broom handle, trying to find a 6-foot, six 6-heavy, six fast-action rod on the store. It's pretty, it's pretty hard to do. So what other better way to find a blank, add your components, add the guides that you want, and, and kind of tweak it to your, 
to your system or your liking, how or your technique specific for, for, for your fishing style, I guess I'll say. Yeah, and what you can do, folks, so that you and that the listeners understand, um, a lot of the companies out there offer their blanks. So companies like St. Croix and Abu Garcia and, yep. and all of those companies that are producing a lot of the rods that we see, you have the ability to buy the blanks that you may be seeing in the stores already produced as rods, but you can customize those blanks. So maybe maybe it's just a matter that, you know, you have a, like for me, I have probably 50 Abu Garcia rods, and they all have different <laughs> handles and this and that, and yeah, they're all right, slightly right. different models. But maybe I look at one and I say, you know, I really like this blank, but I'd prefer this other handle beyond this blank than the one that right. comes on it naturally. You know, getting into custom rod building yourself or having somebody like yourself build a rod for you, it allows you to kind of mix and match and sort of create that perfect rod for yourself. Right, Jim? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, it's art. You know, it's like you're designing something, you create it. You get the satisfaction of actually catching fish with it, and there's something to be said for that. You know, it's a great family time type of a thing. I mean, when I first started uh, building rods, you know, they, they, they've come a long way as far as the color options that are available. And one of my suppliers came out with a pink blank, and my wife was all over that. She's like, oh, I want pink rods, because she was stealing <laughs> all my good rods, right? And I'm like, that's the one I wanted to use, right? We're on the boat arguing about it. Now, now she's got her own set of pink rods that she actually designed, so it's not just for guys. You know, it, it's, it, it's for women as well, and, and even getting kids off the couch and away from the video games and getting them upstairs. It's a great, great hobby that could turn into a good little business or a deep passion. Yeah, so the building a lot of fun. The building the rods, especially for kids, and we can touch on that just a little bit, is that, you know, me as a youngster, I was tying flies all the time. I loved tying flies. I got into tying flies. I was tying flies. I was tying jigs. I still do it most of the winter to kind of keep myself occupied, that kind of a thing. Uh, yep. Building rods is kind of that same thing in my mind where, you know, if you get a kid, you can you can buy these kits. You can get a kit that's going to come with basically everything you need in order Absolutely. to build a basic rod, and then you might have to pick a blank and some of the components and that kind of a thing. But you get that kit you get that stuff you give it to a kid for christmas and you tell him hey bud now you can build your own rod let's see you do it i guarantee you after he's built that rod and got everything on there he's going to be fired up he or she is going to be fired up to get to the lake to get out on the body of water and actually catch fish it's just an outstanding way to get the youths away from the video games to put the phone down let them get out (laughs) into the outdoors you know it's one of those things right yeah and you know what Young kids have really good eyes, and I'll tell you what, as a rod builder, um, I started out, like I said, 2010. I could see everything just plain as day. Now I've got a big magnifying glasses and big thick Coke bottle glasses. I'm trying to see the line, you know. I mean, so, you know, it's, you know we evolve as anglers and we age as anglers as well. So uh, having a good pair of eyes as well and being young is an advantage in the rod building business, that's for sure. Yeah, you mentioned it a little bit later. We're running out of time. But the other real good thing about getting into custom rod building or, or just learning how to do certain things is that when you do damage a rod, let's say you go out there and you accidentally break the tip off or, or somebody steps on one of the guides that kind of a thing, or the insert a lot of time on guides like yep. to come loose. Uh, you yep. don't have to get a whole new rod. You can actually repair these rods and learning how to build custom rods and learning how to put new guides back on and how to take the old guides off and do things like that in the long run can save you a lot of money, right, Jim? No, absolutely. Absolutely, Ken. And like you said, you can you can, you can can pillage from one rod to repair another, and that, that's the advantage of kind of having a lot of the same blanks with the same action when you first start out is, You've got stuff to take from. You know, I kind of compare it to a basketball player. 
You know, if, if you have a bunch of medium heavy fast action rods that you fish with, if all of a sudden I throw you an ultralight and expect you to fish with that, you're going to, you know, you're going to be, you know, it's like throwing a, a different size basketball to a basketball player as he comes into the game. You know, you kind of get confused about what's going on. You get used to something and then all of a sudden you're, you're doing something else. So, yeah, you bring up a very good point, you know. Keep it simple, and you, you can use parts from one rod to fix another. All right, we just got about one more minute. If you were yeah. going to suggest a gift for somebody, somebody's thinking about a holiday gift, you got a good yeah. idea for something, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, we have the accessibility from my supplier for what we call a custom turnkey rod kit. You actually wind up getting a complete kit of not just the rod, the blank, the, the, the guides and the handle, but you will actually get the rod wrapper, the rod dryer, epoxy, colored threads, and all that stuff. It's a complete kit that you are completely ready to go once you get that kit, and, and, and it starts you off so you don't have to piecemeal it or wait because there are there is some equipment that you do need to, to repair or even build rods. But this turnkey kit will get you started with everything you need and including a blank for your first one. Jim Strawbridge. Jim, tell folks how to get a hold of you if they're interested in possibly getting you to build them a custom rod or they have some questions in general or possible rod repairs, things like that. How can folks find you? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Galaxy Custom Rods or you can shoot me an email at galaxyrods at AOL.com. Jim Strawbridge, I want to thank you for joining us this morning, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me, Ronnie. All right, let's get out on the boat soon, buddy. All right, and you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. I'm dancing to this stuff, Kyle. This this has got me moving in here. I like this. Yeah. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104 through the fan. I am Ronnie Castelloni. I am sitting in for Terry today, and we are going to go right back to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Clays, we have JR. JR, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Ronnie. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it is a pleasure to have you. Now, right off the bat, let's tell folks where Colorado Clays is located. How do we get there? Well, uh, very simple. We're 25 minutes from downtown, just north of DIA, a little east of Brighton. Uh, obviously, the best bet, if you're not familiar with the area, just go to the website, look at the map. It'll bring you right on in. And this is a full-service uh, shooting uh, 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 like destination, in my opinion, Jr. You know, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. I've done several segments with you, and I've been guest hosting in here and talked to Colorado Clays before, but I have never been out there, folks. Um, this time, however, I got on their website, and it looks like they had added some things. And one of the things they added to the website that I saw that I was very impressed with was this virtual tour, this video that they do that that goes around and shows you all the in and outs of this incredible facility out there. Jr., I got to tell you, I was blown away by what you guys got going on out there. That's, you guys aren't messing around. Well, and Ronnie, that's true. And, you know, I really wish uh, anybody who has any doubts about uh, uh, whether this is the right place to come shoot, look at that video. Uh, it, I think it shows what I say all the time, and Colorado Clays really is Colorado's premier public shooting facility. Uh, we do feature the finest in rifle pistol and shotgun shooting opportunities to everyone. And, you know, that's beginners, recreational shooters, competitive shooters, you name it. Uh, We're here year-round. We're handicap accessible. Uh, We have the best staff in the business. And, again, at 25 minutes from downtown, 
uh, we're just right out the back door. Yeah, and I've been to some trap ranges in the past. When I was a youngster, I did a lot of hunting growing up, and they were usually just big old empty cornfields with, you know, one little hut and people out there just kind of shooting. You guys don't just have a beautiful facility. You're you're located in a beautiful spot. I mean, the, it's incredible. And, the, you know, the thing that really jumped out to me right off the bat was the Sporting Clays course that you all have set up out there. That course is incredible, Jr. Yeah, and, you know, we're right at the top of the crop. This is one of the most beautiful courses you're going to shoot anywhere, Ronnie. We have a 15-station uh, course. It's set down in a beautiful, mature Cottonwood Creek bottom. Um, and, you know, if you've not shot sporting clays, uh, it's really kind of the golf with a shotgun. All the stations have different target presentations. Um, we have lots of different backdrops and views. So there's just really anything you could possibly want to see in a target presentation, you'll get on our Sporting Clays course, and um, it's just a fantastic outing for anybody. It's incredible. The the towers, you can get up on top of these towers, and you can take shots from up there. They have these crossing shots. They have these huge elevated shots. It's really the Sporting course, in my opinion, is, is really kind of the multi-purpose you know, kind of all-around hunting adventure as far as getting out with a shotgun goes, um, whether you're somebody that hunts rabbits or small game, you know, that kind of a thing. If you're a duck hunter, maybe you're a pheasant or a, or a goose hunter and all that, that sporting course kind of takes you through all of those different scenarios, and it looks like a lot of fun. Now, the, the other thing I noticed that I thought was a really cool feature that you guys offer out there is, you know, because the sporting course is, is fairly large, it's a large area that you got this course set up in, you also have golf carts available that people can ride from uh, spot to spot on is that right oh absolutely uh sporting clays uh, nothing makes it more enjoyable than renting a golf cart to put all of your gear and guns on um i like it <laughs> yeah yeah and you know that's the thing we've talked about this quite a bit our sporting clays course you know so we have all kinds of options we have push carts we have golf carts you know we do rent guns we have all of the popular ammunition in stock everything you can need we have here at colorado clays and it really is our number one draw, Ronnie. Now, let's also talk a little bit about the rifle and pistol facility. Uh, give folks an idea of what you have going on out there. Well, uh, we've added this years ago. It is a state-of-the-art NRA-approved design. And this thing is one you have to see to believe and appreciate. Uh, let's start with the rifle side. We have a 100-yard range. Um, with uh, some intermediate targets at 50 as well to help people get on paper. This 100-yard range has 10 bays. Uh, it'll accommodate all shooting positions, standing, sitting, and prone. Uh, each bay has a monitor, and at the other end we have a camera on the target, so you can actually sight in in real time uh, by just looking up at your monitor. It is a fabulous tool, and, of course, it is heated, you know, we've got radiant heat in there, and being that it's a, you know, kind of a semi-outdoor design, you have that natural light and airflow, which is really um, a, a good uh, preparation for the hunting season because shooting at something with natural light on it is a lot different than shooting at indoor and, uh, you know, artificial light. So very, very good tool. And then, of course, right across from that, we have 10 bays of pistol, and that pistol range has its own target return system, same uh, semi-outdoor design, natural light, airflow. And I'll tell you what's really getting popular right now, Ronnie, a lot of folks uh, 
having the family in town. We're bringing kids, uh, and any kid over 10 years old can come into our pistol range. They can shoot the 22s, and we even have some zombie targets for them to shoot at. So we're just having a great time out here. Oh, wait a minute, like uh, the Walking Dead action out there in Colorado Clays? I'm... Yep, uh, the kids love it. Nothing they like better than taking that home and showing it off to their friends and family. So uh, what a great time. That's funny. Every time Chad, you know, Chad Lachance, who I work with, he's a big, big hunter, and he's always getting new guns. And every time he gets some new incredible weapon, I'm like, bud, when the zombie apocalypse happens, you're going to be the safe guy. You're good to go. So you can get out there and practice shooting at zombies. I like the sounds of that. That's pretty cool. Now, the other thing that really impressed me with the video was your multi-use kind of uh, group use areas. You guys have got an incredible setup out there for parties and weddings and all kinds of good stuff. Why don't you tell folks what you offer? All right, and thanks for bringing up, up Ronnie. I think, uh, uh, in no doubt in my mind, nobody does events like Colorado Clays. Um, so let's just start at the clubhouse. That's where everything, the hub of everything, that clubhouse will hold up to 50 people itself, and uh, that's where we get your gun rentals, your golf carts. Um, if you need instruction, you can coordinate it there. Um, and, of course, we have all the ammo for the most popular rifle, pistol, and shotgun, drinks and snacks and such. But if you want to do a little event or a big event, um, and we do it everywhere from just individuals, and make note, any individual can come to Colorado Clays and shoot everything we have by themselves. So no reason to fear that. Friends and family, most popular, and I'm talking family reunions, bachelor, bachelorette parties, weddings, you name it. Uh, any kind of friend and family event we can make happen. We do a lot of youth events, Boy Scouts, 4-H, Hunter Safety, and such. And then, of course, uh, the number one thing for anybody looking to put together a corporate type event, whether it's a a team-building thing, maybe a meeting and then some shooting, uh, all the way up to a huge fundraiser or even corporate type event with several hundred people, Uh, We have everything you need. Uh, We have pricing breaks for big groups. We can coordinate lunches, tents, anything you need. Colorado Clays does it uh, like nobody else. Now, JR, I've been asking everybody on the show today for some gift ideas. Uh, You got any recommendations for some gifts? Uh, Always the, the number one recommendation this time of year a gift card from Colorado Clays. Absolutely. A lot of people get firearms for Christmas, you know, maybe a new shotgun for junior, maybe a new pistol for senior, that kind of a thing going on. You can get a gift certificate. You can get out there to Colorado Clays, and they're going to help you learn this new rifle, this new shotgun. You know, they're going to help you go through all the steps, get that thing dialed in so that when you get out and utilize it in the field, uh, you know, you're not just wasting money out there, missing birds and missing deer and missing all kinds of good stuff. So once again, tell folks where you you guys are located uh just north of di east of brighton we are i-76 to bromley lane go about five six miles east follow the signs in very simple and if people want to find you online yep coloradoclays.com and of course feel free to give us a call 303-659-7117 jr with colorado clays thank you jr for joining us this morning Thank you, Ronnie. Good to talk to you, bud. All right, folks, and we're going to take it to a break. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. We've got a little bit of a Hawaii, Hawaiian-style playing music here. It's probably what Terry's listening to. 
you know, later on today with a Mai Tai in his hand or whatever he's going to be doing. He is in Hawaii or on his way to Hawaii. I am in studio. I am finishing up the show. These two hours have absolutely flown by, folks. I'm going to use this last segment. This is usually when I call in, so I'm going to use this last segment and tell you a little bit about what's going on in northern Colorado and tell you also about some appearances I have coming out. Right off the bat, we have the International Sportsman's Expo coming up in January. January 9th, 10th, 11th at the Convention Center downtown. Uh, I am going to be there Friday, January 11th. I will be doing a tank demo at 1230. Uh, That day, folks, I'm going to be doing a a topic called Covering Water with Confidence. Uh, This topic is going to be about getting out and learning to cover water efficiently, to get out there and really cover the water, locate fish, the different presentations that really lend themselves to covering water quickly, covering multiple depths in the water column, trying to locate the fish, trying to dial them in. What I'm looking for as far as when I'm running around the lake, what areas I'm going to target in on. I'm not just going to fish giant stretches of water. I'm going to run tiny spots from here to there and kind of run around the lake and dial things in. That's what I'm going to be talking about on Friday when I'm doing the tank demo. I will also be on the tank Saturday down at the ISC show. On Saturday, I'm there at 1230 as well. So Saturday, 1230, Friday, 1230. On Saturday, we're doing a more of a back to basics type of thing that day. Uh, My topic's going to be weeding them out. Uh, What that means is this, folks. One of the big questions I get all the time from clients, newbies on the boat, things like that, is how do you fish in and around heavy grass, heavy cover, heavy vegetation? Boyd Lake has been a prime example of this the last uh, five to six years. You know, they've been putting a lot of water in the lake. The the aquatic vegetation has really grown into Boyd Lake. And so if you're not experienced with fishing in and around the grass, it can be very, very frustrating. We hear people all the time come off the lake at Boyd in the middle of summer, and they're like, you know, I had a really bad day out there. I was in the grass all day long. I couldn't get a clean cast. It was just driving me crazy. I don't like fishing around the grass. When you talk to myself, Chad or Dan, we'll tell you if you're going to Boyd Lake in the middle of summer, you want to get right up in the middle of that grass. You're looking for the thickest grass. That's where those largemouth are going to be. On that outer edge of that grass, that's a lot of times where those walleyes are going to be. Fishing in and around the grass is a good skill, but you got to know how to present the lures. You got to know how to rig things, things like that. That's what I'm going to be covering Saturday when I'm on the tank. Now, we also talked a little bit earlier to Dan Swanson about the fact that we're doing this new expert kind of corner thing this year up there, right up by the fish tank. So we'll be right up there by the tank, right by where Terry Wickstrom's going to have his booth. Uh, That table right there, the expert corner, I will be on there twice on Saturday. So I'll be there at 11 o'clock. I will be also there at 4 o'clock. What I'm going to be talking about while I'm at the expert table, folks, is I'm going to be going over some lures, some presentations that we have here in Colorado that we utilize here for bass fishing, trout fishing, for all the things you can do in fresh water, basically, that transfer over to salt water. There's a lot of presentations that, let's say you're going on vacation, you're headed to Florida for the week or something like that. These are things that you already have in your tackle box that you can take with you, and you can be very, very successful in salt water. So I'm going to be talking about that at the things. Please come by, uh, say hi to me, that kind of a thing. It'll, it'll be really cool event that we're having down there. Uh, we are also doing that Fishful Thinker giveaway that I mentioned earlier in the show. Chad has been working hard at getting his sponsors to come off with some big prizes, some really incredible stuff in this Fishful Thinker giveaway. So you just got to come by the booth there, come by the table, and sign up a little slip right there, and, and it'll be a drawing kind of a deal, and somebody's going to win this this prize package that at this point is over $2,000 in value, and it keeps climbing. Chad keeps getting new things. So look at Fishful Thinker on the, webs, uh, on the website, or you can also go to Fishful Thinker on Facebook, and you can actually see a post of this prize.
surprise package, and you'll be blown away by some of the stuff that Chad's lined up for that. So that's going to be very, very cool at the ISE this year. Um, now, real fast, let's also talk about fishing. What's going on in northern Colorado right now? Well, we got a few things going on. It is that time of year where we're kind of in the tweener stage. Some of the lakes in northern Colorado have become fishable as far as the ice on them. Some of the lakes are completely open, don't have any signs of ice on them. You can get out and do open water. So let's talk about the bigger lakes, Horsetooth, Carter. Those two lakes are still open to boating, folks. However, they're on real, real limited boating hours. So right now, the boating hours are going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they're going to be open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Now, they only have one ramp at each lake open. The other ramps are open. So if you're going to go to Carter Lake, it's going to be the north ramp, the real big ramp up by the arena. That's going to be open from 8 to 4. And then if you're going to go to Horsetooth, the southern ramp, the ramp in South Bay is going to be the ramp that's going to be open. It's on that same time schedule, 8 to 4. Um, so that is the deal. And they are going to keep those lakes open till December 16th is my understanding. So that's going to be the last day of boating is December 16th. 16th, so you still have an opportunity to get out there. I was actually on a horse tooth just this last weekend, folks. We did very, very well out there, vertically jigging around some of the deep structures, some of the swings, some of the corners of the dam, some of the deep humps. We were catching a lot of smallmouth deep in that, let's say, 20 to 50 foot range, mostly on blade baits. They probably would have bitten a drop shot, but we did not utilize it that day. And on any given day, they may bite the spoon instead of the blade bait. So just those vertical presentations, letting them get all the way down to the bottom and just ripping them up a couple feet and letting them fall. That was the deal. The smallmouth were jumping all over it, and we caught some really nice ones doing that as well, folks. Now, let's talk about ice. The ice is forming on some lakes in northern Colorado. So if you're going to go up in the mountains a little bit, you want to take a little bit of a drive. If you head up to North Park, North Delaney, South Delaney, and West Lake that are all located right up there next to each other, or maybe that's East Lake, sorry, that's East Lake located next to the Delaney's, those lakes, all three of those, my understanding is that there's at least six inches of ice on those lakes. They are locked up and that guys are already getting out people are getting out and ice fishing already and that the fishing has been very very good up there especially in south delaney is my understanding that a lot of fish are being caught in south delaney right now lake john from my understanding as well also has some ice on it and there is some fishable ice so and the fishing's been very good at lake john as well so that's a very good choice if you don't want to go quite that far you don't want to go quite as you know high up and get to the north park area Red Feather Lakes in northern Colorado. If you get up into the Red Feather Lakes area, there's three public lakes up there that have ice on them already as well. The Little Lake, the West Lake, that's the one right there that's next to uh, next to Dowdy, kind of right in that area. That lake's been locked up for a little while now, so it's got really, really good ice from what I'm hearing, and people are having no problems going up to that lake and catching stalkers and catching a lot of trout right now. That's kind of an easy one, and that's a good choice if you're a little sketchy about getting on thinner ice, but you're looking for some thicker ice. That would be the one I'd head to up there. Uh, Dowdy and Parvin, they have ice on them. They have fishable ice in spots. They also have sections of open water. However, those lakes often have sections of open water due to the rock structures that are underneath the surface of the water and also due to some of the natural springs that are flowing in and out of that lake up there. You know, there's some movement in there. So you get these open areas, but there is some solid ice in areas, but you do want to always use caution when you're working your way around Dowdy or Parvin uh, just to kind of understand 
understand that and, and use a lot of caution. Some of the Definitely. other lakes that we're looking for that may ice up soon that aren't quite fishable yet but should be here pretty quick, lakes like Douglas and Smith on the north side of Colorado. Uh, Douglas and Smith are often the first lakes on the front range to get ice. So those are the ones I'm going to be looking at. I haven't seen reports from Douglas recent ones, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if the southern end of Douglas is already iced up. And then Smith Lake is a much smaller lake. That lake probably is starting to ice up, but you know, right now we're still getting some warm spells. We're getting some wind. Those ones you might want to use caution on and stay away from for a couple of weeks, but they will ice before the bigger lakes like Boyd ice up. So that's an excellent opportunity to get out. That's kind of what we got going on, folks. You know, uh, the, the only other thing that, that I might recommend is fishing the rivers right now in town. Uh, like the Big Thompson, for example, in town is fishing very, very well. The Pooter in northern Colorado, we had, a, we had a fish kill this year in the Pooter, and the lower part of the Pooter got spilled into, and the fish died off. There may be some fish still active in the lower part through town. In years past, it's been great. This year, I might stay away from it, folks. So that's kind of what we got going on in northern Colorado. That's going to do it for me here. It's been a lot of fun. I blasted through these two hours. I don't know where they went. I want to thank Terry and Karen for letting me come in while they are off on their Hawaiian adventure. I want to thank Kyle. He's been behind the glass picking us up the whole show here, making it run smoothly. And it's been, a, it's been a good time. So thank you for joining us here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And you're listening to 104.3 The Fan. The Mission Man.